Good morning, International Christian Fellowship Online Campus and all of those that call ICF Rome your family of faith, or maybe you're just joining us today for the very first time. My name is Pastor Jennifer Pasquale, and I want to say welcome to you. If you're new to the city of Rome, I want you to feel that you are a part of the family of faith here at ICF Rome. If you're looking and watching and joining the service online, I want to say thank you for participating. Thank you for investing in your own life that your faith will grow, that you have opportunity to worship Jesus. So I invite you to lean into today's service. I want you to know that we pray over every service. I believe this year we are to be the living proof, the evidence that God is at work in each of us. I also believe that Jesus, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is the living, loving proof for your life, for your miracles. So today, as you worship, ask the Lord to hear your worship, receive your worship. As you hear the ministry of the word, lean in and say to the Lord, how do you want to change my thinking? How do you want to increase my faith? How do you want to form my spiritual walk so that I can walk in victory? I'm so happy you're a part of this service today. I want you to celebrate with the worship and I want you to grow in the word of God. Enjoy today's service. Feel good. Amen. And so what I want you to know about my friend, Pastor Carl, and what I want Pastor Carl to know is from the very beginning, can y'all welcome him as he comes? <laughs> from the very beginning of coming from Michigan ministry to Italy, his church, his pastor, and Pastor Carl said, we're coming, we're going to help you, and we're not going to stop coming. And then COVID kind of put a pause on it, and then... I'm so thankful that, Carl, you're still here with me. It means a lot that the uh, legacy continues from one generation to the next, holding up my arms as a missionary, as a pastor, and loving our church so much he calls it his second home. Can you welcome my very dear friend who I'm very grateful for? Well, good morning. Uh, you can do a little better. Good <laughs> I got, I got a good good morning this morning during sound check, and I expect a little more out of you guys, so good morning. Good morning. That was good. That made me feel good. So I, uh, this is my first time getting to actually preach here on a Sunday morning uh, from Fenton to you guys. It's so good to be back. Uh, pastor Jim Wiegand, who's our senior pastor normally comes with us. He's been checking in, checking on you guys. So uh, a welcome from, and, and hello from him and Dina this morning. Uh, normally he gets to preach, but he didn't come, so you get me. <laughs> so this morning, um, I'm going to say something weird off the, st off the top. Are you ready? I don't want to talk about God. That's weird. What I want to talk about is the people who follow God and the people who don't follow God. See, because God's the greatest, right? Like God, God is, he, he creates perfectly. He loves perfectly. 
He possesses perfectly. He sees perfectly. He guides perfectly. That's been your, your proof, your living proof, right? Up until this point in the year. He does everything perfectly. We don't. We don't. And so what I would like to do is to present to you guys people who have followed God well and people who have not followed God well. See, because anybody can be a shepherd. Anybody can be a guide. You, anytime that anybody seeks advice from you, do you know what you are? You're a guide. From, from this platform right here, to the podcast that you may listen to, to, to the friend that you go to seeking advice, you become a guide in those little moments. Anyone can do that. Anyone can become that. And there's so much weight on us when these people come to us for advice or we decide to give advice because you better know what you're talking about. Because if you don't, we can guide people in directions that they're not supposed to go. So I, I, the, the temptation when it comes to shepherding, to guiding, is to, to look at us to... Oh, do I have to do this? Okay. It's all right. I'm here for it. Oh, that's better. It makes my voice sound deeper. <laughs> the temptation... When we think about guiding, when we think about teaching, is people with big platforms. No, it's you. It's me. When people ask us questions, it's you. It's me. When people ask us for advice, it's you. It's me. When people ask us to guide them in some way, shape, or form, anyone can be a shepherd. Anyone can be a guide. And so while God does this perfectly, God does this beautifully, God does it completely right, we don't. And there's lots of people in the Bible who don't. And so this morning, I want to take a, a, a look at bad shepherding and good shepherding. And I'm going to give you guys two obscure people in the Bible that I don't think we talk about maybe ever, you know, uh, but, but at least that much, you know. So everybody say bad shepherding. bad shepherding. Say it again, bad shepherding. Or as I'm going to call this story, two men, a false religion, and skipping towards civil war. So Judges chapter 17, 1 to 18, 6 tell the really weird story about this guy named Micah. So his mom has thousands of pieces of silver stolen from her. And she says, curse the person who did this, who stole this from me. And Micah goes, oh, snaps, because it was him. So he's like, I don't want a curse from the Lord upon me. So, hey, mom, I found your money. <laughs> so his mother rejoices and gives him part of that money. And what he does is create a false religion with it. So he creates these idols, and he decides, I need a priest. So he takes one of his sons, and he makes his son a priest in this false religion. And this is in Israel. So this isn't some foreign land. This is, this is God's people right here. 
So then one day, a Levite is walking down the road, coming towards him. Now, Levites were priests. All priests were Levites, but not all Levites were priests. This man was not a priest. So he sees a Levite walking down the road, and he goes, that guy's going to add validity to my false religion. Hey, come stay with me. Levite's like, free place to stay? Let's go. (laughs) I'm here for it. Oh, you're going to pay me even better. So he creates this robe for him, and he becomes the priest of this religion. Sometime later, Danites, one of the tribes of Israel, walking down the road. There's a bunch of them coming, and they see this priest, and they go, a priest? Priest, we're heading towards this particular thing. Will you bless where we're going? And this is what the priest says. The priest said to them, go in peace. Your way in which you are going has the Lord's approval. They were going to start a civil war. They were going to take the land that God had given another tribe of Israel. And yet this person blessed them and said, go in peace. Be on your way. I'm going to give you this morning three keys to bad shepherding. One. Your position was increased before your character was increased. Judges chapter 17, verses 9 to 11, Micah said to him, where do you come from? And he said to him, I am a Levite from Bethlehem in Judah, and I'm going to stay wherever I may find a place. Micah then said to him, dwell with me and be a father and a priest to me, and I will give you 10 pieces of silver a year, a suit of clothes, and your maintenance. So the Levite went in. The Levite agreed to live with the man, and the young man became to him like one of his sons. And in that moment, a complete stranger was elevated to a position of spiritual father. Somebody that they did not know his character. They did not know whether or not he was a good person, an honest person, was elevated to the point where he was now speaking truth and speaking power into the lives of other people. There are times in our lives where we are offered position that our character is not ready for. And it's okay for us to admit that. It's okay for you to admit. It's okay for me to admit, I'm not ready for this. God is still preparing me for stuff. But in our society, sometimes we think bigger, stronger, faster, and that's, that's the immediate goal. But if we get bigger, stronger, faster, and we don't have the character or the honesty or the love or the joy or the ability to encourage, to sustain that growth, it's going to crash. It's going to fall. If we don't know the Lord in a a powerful way, if we're not secure in our identity before the Lord, that position is going to fall. And we see that today, do we not? Do we see pastors? Do we see preachers? Do we see leaders whose character does not line up with their position? We must have the character before we have the position. Number two, your authority comes from people, 
not God. Judges chapter 17, 12 and 13. So Micah consecrated the Levite and the young man became his priest and lived in the house of Micah. Then Micah said, now I know that the Lord will prosper me, seeing I have a Levite as a priest. It wasn't God that elevated the Levite. It was Micah. And there are times where we feel a level of having to perform, not because God has empowered us, because the people around us have. And so we have to do, we have to perform, we have to put all of this pressure on ourselves because these people, these people give authority, these people give empowerment. And that's not where empowerment comes from, right? Empowerment comes from our Father. Identity comes from our Father. How many of you have received in unhealthy ways identity from people? We, we take on this identity from people. You're the funny guy. You're the smart girl. You're, you're, hey, make me laugh. Hey, you know the answer to this. I, I used to help, uh, well, I used to run our young adult ministry. And it would be so interesting to me sometimes to see people that came up through, you know, our, our children's and youth as leaders. And, and there, are, there were times where what they were known for wasn't really what they wanted to do. And, and so their, their authority, their position was given to them by people, but the calling that they felt from the Lord was to something completely different. And so even in the church, we have to make sure that we're not pigeonholing each other into one specific thing. Some of you have these amazing talents that, that is awesome, and, and we use them to serve the church, and that's great. But you may also be passionate about telling people about Jesus. You know, sound people. I love you guys back in that booth. You guys are amazing. Can we give a hand to the people back there? I see them all slowly shrinking. <laughs> but I know some of those people have a heart to just tell people about Jesus as well. So our authority, what, what, we, what we call each other to, we have to make sure that that lines up with what God wants for us. Number three, you have little to no care with what you put your stamp of approval on. Judges 18, five and six, they said to him, this is the Danites, inquire of God, please, that we may know whether our way on which we are going will be prosperous. Then the priest said to them, go in peace. Your way in which you are going has the Lord's approval. I didn't see any prayer there or any inquiring of God. <laughs> I saw frivolous agreement. You're going to have things in society today you're going to have friends, you're going to have family, you're going to have coworkers, you're going to have church members that line their approval up with things that God does not line his approval up with. We can't line our approval up with that. What God says yes to, we say yes to. What God says no to, we say no to. And I know that the pressure is great. 
I do. I know that the pressure is, is powerful for us to say yes to the things that the world says yes to. But if we're going to guide people well, we have to be careful what we put our stamp of approval on. Yeah, I'm going to go here. America is interesting right now. <laughs> and there are things that Christians, unfortunately, have put their stamp of approval on politically and socially that we should not be doing, that we should not put our stamp of approval on, people and politicians that we should not put our stamp of approval on so frivolously. And we have to be careful with agreeing with God and agreeing with the world. We have to know the difference between those two. And it's so important for you to know God's word and to study God's word because it shows the heart of God. You get to see the heart of God every time you open up that Bible. And that shows us what we put our stamp of approval on as a believer. Because your stamp of approval, in a lot of people's eyes, is God's stamp of approval. And we need to, be, we need to make sure, we need to make so well sure as much as we can that we are putting our stamp of approval on what God would. Now everybody say, good shepherding. Good shepherding. Now we get to the good stuff. All right. Or like I like to call it, an old man, a young man, and dealing with whiny people. So in this passage, Exodus 18, we get to meet Moses' father-in-law, Jethro. Sounds like a good old boy. Right, Wayne? <laughs> so Jethro comes and joins Moses in the wilderness, and Moses, day and night is sitting there listening to all the complaints of the Israelites and judging them. So people coming to me, you church leaders, you understand, the lights are too bright. <laughs> they shine in my eyes. What are you going to do about it, Moses? And Moses is like, what? <clears throat> yes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Moses that guy over there, he took my stuff. Moses, they did this. Moses, they did all day long. Moses listens to every complaint that they bring and judges them. And Jethro, his father-in-law, is sitting back like, what the what? What are you doing? Why are you doing this? So he pulls Moses to the side and he says, Moses, I'm going to give you some advice, and, and by the Lord, you take it or you don't. But if you want to judge these people, that's, that's fine. But you also need to teach these people the law so they know, so they know, so you don't have to judge everything. And if you want to still judge, fine. But you need to take a bunch of men of good character, and you handle all the big stuff, and they handle all the little stuff so that you don't burn yourself out. And the verse that this ends with, Exodus 18, 23. If you do this thing and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure. And all these people, 
also will go to their place in peace. Do you notice that the end verse of both of those sections claim peace? That the end of the bad shepherding claimed peace and the end of the good shepherding claimed peace? Bad shepherding can absolutely hide itself under the guise of giving you peace. You will have peace if you do this. You won't. Both of them promise peace, but only one delivers peace. Three keys to good shepherding. You care about the longevity of people. Exodus chapter 18, 17 and 18. Moses' father-in-law said to him, the thing that you are doing is not good. You will surely wear out both yourself and these people who are with you, for the task is too heavy for you. You cannot do it alone. Moses' father-in-law, the advice that he gave him was meant to preserve Moses, not make him do more work. It was meant to, it was meant to make sure that he didn't burn out because he cared about him doing this for a long time. He cared about Moses' well-being, his mental health. Like Pastor Jen said, if you guys missed yesterday, you missed a great day. And it was tools given so that you don't burn out, so that you have a, a, a longer mental and emotional capacity to deal with the things around you. And that's Moses' father-in-law is seeing this and saying, listening to people complain and bring their stuff to you all day and all night, you are not going to last doing this. And so his advice was one of preserving Moses. Does your advice to people preserve them? Does your advice to people care about whether or not they burn out? Or is it push through? Always push through. And there are times that we push through. Absolutely. There are times that we endure. But there's also times where we have to care about whether or not somebody is on the precipice of burning out. Number two, your guidance simplifies people's lives in good ways. Exodus 18, 19 to 22. Now listen to me. This is Jethro talking. I will give you counsel and God be with you. You be the people's representative before God and you bring the disputes to God. Then teach them the statutes and the laws and make known to them the way in which they are to walk and the work they are to do. Furthermore, you shall select out of all the people able, to, able men who fear God, men of truth, men who hate dishonest gain, and you shall place these over them as leaders of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. Let them judge the people at all times, and let it be that every major dispute they bring to you, but every minor dispute they themselves will judge. So it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. Jethro's advice to Moses didn't just care about his longevity. It cared, he cared about making his life easier. Not easier in bad ways. Not easier in ways that can skirt character. But in, in ways like, have you thought about it this way instead of this way? Have you thought about doing this an easier way? Have you thought about delegating? Have you thought about being vulnerable? Ugh. 
That's what we're supposed to do within community. You guys have a beautiful church. You really do. And that church, all of our churches, your church, my church, vulnerability and community are two of the key components on whether or not our lives are simpler. Why? Because as Jethro said, you can't do this alone. The burden is too great for you. Your burdens are too great for you. And so if you share that within community, and I trust is a very difficult thing to build. I understand that. But if you find people and build that trust and, and then you're able to shepherd and help guide each other and advise each other, your life is simpler. My friends don't think like how I think. They don't think like me. And so when I say, hey, I'm doing this, and they go, have you thought about also doing this? No. <laughs> but that sounds way better than what I was saying. That is basically the story of me and my wife. I'm going to do it this way. And she goes, but this way is way better. And I go, yes, it is. But I can't admit that right away, so we need to argue about it just a little bit. Because, you know, I can't give up that easily. <laughs> does your advice, does your guidance simplify people's lives in good ways? Third key. You ask them to confirm with God. Exodus 18.23. If you do this thing and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure, and all these people also will go to their place in peace. I can give great advice. I have life experience. You have life experience. We all have life experience. We all have beautiful moments with the Lord that we can share with others, that we can, like, we, we can share all of this stuff. We can advise people and guide people. Do you know what the thing we should always end with is? But make sure you pray about it. But make sure you take this before the Lord. Do we pray with these people that are, that are asking for our advice? If you give unsolicited advice, are you praying with people when you do it? Are you asking them to also pray? Like we, we need to confirm everything we've said before the Lord because ultimately the Lord is the one that's going to lead and guide us. And, and if we let our guidance be the final word, be the, the, the judge's gavel, we, we can't do that for people. We have to empower people to go before the Lord themselves and make sure that what we're telling them is what God actually wants them to hear. So anyone can be a shepherd. Anyone can be a guide. But only the one that follows the one can guide someone with eternity in mind. And if you follow the one, if you follow the one, you will be able to guide with eternity in mind. And ultimately, whether people know the Lord or don't, that's what they want. And that's what they need is for us to help guide them with eternity in mind. Is for us to help guide them towards the Lord and what the Lord would have for them. 
That's what everybody wants and what everybody needs, even if they don't know it yet. And so today, I, I want to ask if you have eternity in mind. It, it, you may be in this room and you may be a believer. And so hopefully, as you talk with people, you have eternity in mind. You have heaven in mind. You have God's will and God's ways in mind as you advise people, as people come to you for advice, as people uh, ask you for or you decide you want to give it to them, whatever. But maybe you're in this room and you don't have any idea what eternity is. You've listened to everything that I've said and you're like, I mean, they sound like good principles, but this God stuff, uh, yeah, you know, okay. God has you in mind when it comes to eternity. He, he wants to be reconciled with you. See, becoming a believer isn't just about being a good person. It's about becoming an alive person. You're, you're no longer dead in sin and trespasses. You're alive in Christ. And, and you get to reconcile with him and have victory in your life because of the work that he did on the cross. His life, his death, his resurrection allowed you and I to have victory over sin and death. And if you're sitting in this room today and you have no concept of that, I want to invite you this morning to have a concept of that, to understand what he's done for you. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Father, if there's anyone in this room that does not know you, if there's anyone in this room that is sitting here and just they're, they're grateful to be in the building but doesn't know about this whole Jesus thing. Father, I, I ask that you would come into their heart. I ask in the name of Jesus that your Holy Spirit, your Holy Spirit does two things. It quickens your word to believers and it draws all people who are not believers towards you, God. And I pray in the name of Jesus that people would feel your drawing right now if they don't know you. If you're not a believer in this room, but you want to be, I'm going to count to three. I'm going to give you the opportunity to raise your hand and commit your life to Jesus. The Jesus that's committed his life to you. So that you could have the same victory that so many people in this room have. So if that's for you, if you want to be a believer on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. One, two, believers in this room, you should be praying. <laughs> three, if you like to be a believer, right on, right on. Amen. I want to end today uh, with just a, a prayer for mothers. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not able to be with my mom today. I'm not able to be with my wife today. If you guys are watching, what's up? Happy Mother's Day. Love you guys. I'll eat some pasta for you. <laughs> um, but I, I have my mother, my wonderful mother-in-law, Mary, 
um, my wife as example, and I have so many spiritual mothers that have led and guided me along the way in this life. Um, our pastor's wife, Dina, um, uh, an, an old boss of mine, his wife, Marie, just people that have loved me so well. So it, it, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, 21 or 71, you know, um, you, you absolutely can be, if not a physical mother, a spiritual one to people. And from a son's point, both a biological son and a spiritual one to, to many women, um, your influence is massive. Your influence is never sell yourself short despite your, your age or position in life on the impact that you can have in being a, a, a physical or spiritual mother to someone. So I just bless you all. In the name of Jesus, blessings over the women in this room that have taken on um, the role of motherhood, um, whether with children of their own or, or through adoption. Um, blessings over the women that have taken on spiritual motherhood and, and people like me who are so grateful for them, who would not be standing here today were it not for um, those people that moving to a completely different state, Lord, you know the struggles that I had. And you know the home that was made for me because of Marie Long. You know the struggles that I, I had, and you know the home that was made for me because of the Dina Wiegands. So I, I pray that, um, that the women in this room would make spiritual and physical homes for people um, so that others can be so grateful like I am, God. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, thank you. It's in your name that we ask. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm so thankful that the word of God truly permeates our heart and changes our mindset so we can walk in victory. So today, if something in the message spoke to you, I want you to invite Jesus to be in control in a new way, in a broader way, in a total way. So I want you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, you say it, dear Lord Jesus, I invite you right now, I invite you right now to take control of my life. I thank you, God, that you are forgiving me of sin. You are helping me to walk in a new, right relationship with you. And Jesus, from this day forward, I give all of my heart to you, all of my steps to you. And I trust that with your help, Jesus, I can walk in victory. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Now, I also want to pray for your miracle in motion. I know that there are many people who watch online and you have walked through some difficult circumstances already this year. So, Father, right now, for that one who is saying, I need that prayer, I need to know that Jesus hears me, that God sees me, that he's working on my behalf, I pray the Holy Spirit that you will come into that place where they're watching right now. You will increase their faith. You will remind them that you are Jehovah Rapha, the healer. You are Jehovah Jireh, the one who provides. You are Jehovah Shalom, the peace of God in the midst of anxiety and and turmoil. Father, meet every need of your son or daughter that's watching right now. Son or daughter of the Most High God, hear the Lord say to you, I am working. Your miracle is in motion. I'm going to turn your chaos into peace. I'm going to turn your storm into victory. The Lord is with you. The Lord is for you. And he wants to heal your body, mind, and spirit. I want your faith to grow in Jesus' name. If you were here, I'd put my hands on your forehead for your thinking and your shoulders for letting you know that you've got someone holding up your arms today. So Lord, I pray that today the one watching this service online would feel the presence of the Lord. They would know that they are not alone. You are not alone. God is with you. We are with you and your victory is in motion. In Jesus mighty name. Amen and amen. Now, I also want to say thank you. Thank you for the way that you partner together with your family of faith. I want you to write me. I want you to send me an email. Click on the link. Write us on Facebook or the church website, icfrome.org. And know that today is the beginning of the best week you're going to have so far. I love you and I bless you in the name of Jesus.